This is Valley Sports Talk with Bryce Larson. Hear from players, coaches, and experts on the latest news and events surrounding all things Utah Valley Sports. Valley Sports Talk is brought to you by Bout Time Pub and Grub in Vineyard. Find them online at bouttimepub.com. And we're off on a Tuesday morning here on Valley Sports Talk. I'm Bryce Larson. That is Jordan Bianucci behind the glass. We appreciate uh, you joining us here on Valley Sports Talk this morning. We're live from the Les Schwab Tire Studio. Stop in to any Les Schwab Tire location if you need a set of new tires. You can also head in for your routine oil changes. As well as anything else you may need maintenance-wise on your car. Our friends over at Les Schwab Tires will take care of you. Big time show for you this morning. We're going to get into a ton of talk from around the sports world. Starting off with the National Football League. Of course, the NFL playoffs continued yesterday into last night with the Bills and Steelers. Also the Buccaneers and the Eagles. And what did we say yesterday? Talking a little bit about the Cowboys after they got smacked 48-32 to by the Green Bay Packers over the weekend. And the one thing that I said is that when the Eagles go out and lose to the Bucks, we will find out that the whole NFC East are a pack of frauds. Every single team in the NFC East is a pack of frauds. And that is exactly what happened last night. They got curb stomped by the Bucks coming out of the NFC South, who everybody around the whole NFL world said the NFC South was the worst division in the NFL. And as far as we know, it could have been the best division in the NFL, Jordan. You know why? Because <laughs> they had to beat up on each other week in and week out in that division. All right, You had to see every single team two times during the NFL season in that division. Now the Bucks go out there and curb stomp the Philadelphia Eagles. I think this was more about the Bucks than it was about the Eagles. <laughs> it was. It was. I'm trying. I'm trying to keep a straight fit to, to go along. With this. Listen, you see, seeing the Saints and the Panthers in back to back weeks. Whew, oh, <laughs> the Falcons. Yeah. What? Do you, I mean, what are you supposed to do? Hey, good news is for the for your Falcons. Uh, Bill Belichick did interview with them yesterday. That's right. They, he did, and we'll see what ends up happening with Bill Belichick. Uh, he might be up for the, the Cowboys job. We, we might see what happens there. Did he interview with the Falcons, or did the Falcons interview with Bill Belichick is the question? It's probably the, the latter of the two, um, and we'll, end, we'll, we'll see how things shake out. But I, I'm not 100% sure that he is going to end up in Atlanta. And I'm not sure if, uh, if, if he's the pick, if, if you'd want him to end up in Atlanta, because if you're the Falcons, you'd probably end up in four, three or four years finding a new head coach, because I'm not sure how much longer Bill Belichick is going to stay in the coaching world in the NFL. So we'll get into a little Bill Belichick talk here as well. But as, as you couldn't tell, if you couldn't tell, I was just being a little facetious there, being a little, you know, joking around a little bit. Uh, no, the, the Eagles have been on a down slide they have been falling off of the NFL map for the last half of the season and it culminated in losing last night on the road at Tampa Bay in what was just one of the worst playoff performances besides what we watched the Cowboys do against the Green Bay Packers this weekend as well and uh yeah it it was just a tough night for the state of Pennsylvania last night slash afternoon. The Pittsburgh Steelers didn't get it done either as they got slapped around on that football field by the Buffalo Bills. And after the game last night, Mike Tomlin in the post-game press conference, and he's been asked in the past about his standing with the Pittsburgh Steelers and where he sees himself with the organization. And in the past, he said, you know, never say never, but never is exactly what he he had to say a couple of years ago after he was asked about leaving, potentially taking a different job. His reaction to those types of questions has always been, why would I leave? He's always said he has the best job in all of sports, being the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the better franchises of all time in the National Football League with some of the best owners in the NFL as well. 
And he's gone on to say, like, why would he leave unless he was forced out? So last night, someone posed him the question. He said, you've got one more year left on your contract. And right as the reporter got to that point, he just walked out. He just he just left. He just dipped. That's as far as the question got. And that was the end of the press conference. Didn't say a word, just left, and left everybody kind of stunned there. Now, if he would have addressed it, I think it would have, you know, obviously answered the question. Now, I think a lot more people have a lot more questions about Mike Tomlin and the future of Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. I'm not sure that uh, the Steelers want to move move on from him or anything because, I mean, all the dude does is win, gets him back to the playoffs, and he did it this year with really without a quarterback. Kenny Pickett was okay, ended up getting hurt at some point in the season as well, and uh, even with him getting hurt, still was able to make it to the playoffs and it wasn't necessarily a great game by any means last night. But uh, ended up, you know, it's impressive what the Pittsburgh Steelers do year in and year out. And what Mike Tomlin's always able to do with that team as well. So we'll see what ends up happening. I don't think I don't think Mike Tomlin's going anywhere. Unless he has a huge offer that he just can't turn down. That's life-changing money, lifetime contract, whatever, from the Dallas Cowboys. That's the only organization that would be able to pull... Mike Tomlin away from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Even then, I I don't see it happening. I lean the way everybody else leans and say, I think Bill Belichick might be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. But we still haven't even heard anything on the Mike McCarthy front coming out of Dallas as well. So we'll see what ends up happening. But you might have another NFC East head coach on the chopping block after... Nick Sirianni and the Eagles laid just a terrible, terrible end of the season. No A.J. Brown. and The one play that that I had the biggest question mark on, what was Jalen Hurts doing on that safety? He was. They started like on the 15-yard line is where they took that snap. And what was he doing? <laughs> he ran backwards trying to escape a sack. Ended up in the end zone. Took a safety. It was they're like literally on the fifteen yard line. Get rid of the ball, man. Like seriously, I, I don't. You could you could ask that question for a lot of things the Eagles did last night. What? Why? What? What are you doing? They're in the game at that point. That you know. That, I mean, that was the turning point in the game. The game after that, the game was over because they they free kicked that ball away, and then they had two missed tackles. On a like a slant route that went whatever it was like fifty yards for a touchdown, and that was it. That was the ball game. Yeah, that that exactly is where the ball game just ended right there. After that safety, you're like, well, well, it was just such questionable play all around from everybody on that Eagles team, and it has been for the last half of the season. As I mentioned, they ended up losing thirty-two to nine last night. The Bills. Stomped all over the Steelers, thirty-one to seventeen as well. Mason Rudolph with that uh, interception down near the goal line when the Steelers were down fourteen-zero, and he just tossed it over, tried to get it to the pylon, but really it was too far inside. And and the Bills defender wasn't even really expecting it as well. Just ended up in his hands. He like right as he was turning around, just ends up in his hands. Mason Rudolph, it wasn't a great throw, I'm going to be honest with you. He had to be outside a little bit more, only where his guy could get it. And he threw kind of right into the defender's hands in the end zone. And at that point, I was like, all right, we can turn this off. This thing's over. Because if they weren't going to score there, make it 14-7, uh, they, they weren't going to be able to come back. They end up losing 31-17 to as well. So we'll break down these games a little bit more as we go and talk a little bit about the future of the NFL playoffs. Uh, the Super Bowl in Las Vegas coming up right around the corner. Uh, we were talking yesterday how it needs to be pushed back just one more day. One more day to give us a president President's Day weekend. One Where, more one more one more week. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Sorry. One more week, not one more day. Uh one more week so that we could have President's Weekend fall on Super Bowl weekend and just have a perfect three day weekend there. It's one of your better ideas. And they're, Probably my I, best. Yeah, I mean, there aren't you don't have a lot of them, so it's it's a low <laughs> bar, but uh, yeah, it's a, that's a good one. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I wonder how many people are actually going to make the trip down to Las Vegas. And one thing I didn't bring up, uh, you know, 
yesterday as we were talking about this because we were talking about how expensive everything's going to be, right? I don't know if you've seen this, but whoever decided the college football schedule, the SEC schedule, Texas and Georgia, they play in Austin this upcoming season. It's going to be on the same weekend in Austin that the Formula One Austin Grand Prix is going to be in Austin, Texas as well. Oh, what, that, that's a, that is a nightmare. What? <laughs> so you want to? You I would like to compare some prices between hotel rooms at the Super Bowl in Las Vegas, which is going to be outraged. Even in St. George, I, I feel like if you think you're yeah. going to get down to St. George, and then you're just going to drive from St. George, I think you're still going to get price gouged in St. George. So unless you have a house or somebody you can live, you know, stay with for a weekend, like you're you're going to be paying some tough price. During the show, I'll look it up. Let's look up some. I'll look up hotel prices and some Airbnb uh, some prizes. It's yeah, that's crazy. It's yeah. gonna be crazy. So right around the corner, maybe you could stay. Sorry to interrupt you. Maybe you could stay where uh, at that. Uh, I don't know how to say this on the, that brothel <laughs> where uh, Lamar Odom hung out. Maybe you could stay there. <laughs> the ranch. The ranch. Yeah, outside of uh, just outside of Las Vegas there. <laughs> Oh, Jordan. You never know what's coming out of out of Jordan Benucci's mouth on a Tuesday morning. <laughs> and that's why uh, that's why we love to have Jordan around here on the program. As you can tell, a great Tuesday morning here on the program. Lots of National Football League to get into. A lot of stuff from uh, around all of sports to get into here as well. We're going to welcome in uh, the head coach of the Utah Valley women's basketball team later on in the program. That's Dan Nielsen at 845. He will join us right about then. And then uh, right at the top of the hour, we are going to hear from Kemani Dowdy from the UVU men's basketball team. I caught up with him last night in the UVU Coaches Show. We actually had a great conversation, a great conversation just about him, about uh, how he ended up at Utah Valley University. And we also talked a lot about the team as well and how it's one of the most unselfish teams in the whole Western Athletic Conference. They lead the WAC in assist-to-turnover ratio. Um, some of his teammates, like we talked about Jade McClanahan, there's only one other player in the WAC that has had a 10 or more assist game, 10-plus assist game so far this season. That's Alex Schumacher of Seattle. So it's Jade McClanahan, Alex Schumacher of Seattle. Those are the only two players in the whole league that have had a 10-plus assist game. And so we were talking a lot about assists last night, getting the ball to their teammates, and it was a great conversation with Kaimani just about how he ended up at Utah Valley and also how uh, well this team shares the ball. So we'll hear from Kaimani in our conversation we had last night coming up at 9 a.m. here on the program as well. A lot of basketball to get into. The Utah Jazz win again. What is going on with this team? Are they going to make the playoffs? Are they going what to make happening? more than just a play-in game? Are they going to make the playoffs? Is it too early to be saying that? But these guys scored 132 points and whooped up on the Indiana Pacers last night at home. 132-105. to 105. Larry Markkinen, 32 points, 10 rebounds, double-double. And he's also, what, the, the Finnish Player of the Year? The Finnish Athlete of the Year, I believe is what he was named <laughs> uh, this past week. So Larry Markkinen putting 32 points on the Indiana Pacers, and the Jazz improved to 22-20. and 20. We'll talk about that. They're 15 and 5 at home, and they've got a lot more games left in this home streak, this homestand here in Salt Lake City. So the Jazz playing some really, really good basketball. BYU in action later on tonight as well. They take on Iowa State at home, and Utah State taking on New Mexico. We'll break that all down in a basketball segment coming up in hour two of the program. So this is what we're going to do we're going to call that our opening banter brought to you by our friends at body armor because i completely forgot to go to that i was waiting for it i was like man this is all great stuff the opening banter must be really good (laughs) you're like hey i'm waiting uh man if he's if he's opening with this well i'll shoot i'll shoot it up right now and you can do the read sure let's do it ladies and gentlemen let's begin the show by starting it Turn it up. It's Bryce's opening banter brought to you by Body Armor. Hey, our friends at Body Armor, they're proud to announce their partnership with Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit whose mission is to build strong, stable, and secure military families so they can thrive, not simply just struggle 
to get by in the communities that they work so hard to protect. In 2024, Body Armor is donating $500,000 to Operation Homefront to help military families. Go to drinkbodyarmor.com slash Operation Homefront. Once again, that's drinkbodyarmor.com slash Operation Homefront to learn how to support those who serve. There you go. That's your opening banter brought to you by our friends at Body Armor. Make sure you go and check them out. We'll take a break here. Coming back on the other side, we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about these NFL playoffs, get into some more NFL discussion. We'll also talk a little bit about our predictions that we made yesterday and see how well we did with these Eagles Bucks predictions and Steelers Bills predictions as well. So that and more coming up right around the corner. Stick with us on a Tuesday edition of Valley Sports Talk right here on ESPN 960. With Bryce Larson returns right now on ESPN 960. Get in on the conversation by sending in your thoughts on today's show via open mic submission on the ESPN 960 app. Welcome back into Valley Sports Talk. You can find us online on Twitter at Larson Sports. You can find Jordan at Jordan Bianucci. And follow the station as well at ESPN 960 Sports. That's where we throw out all of our polls for the day. And today we're putting out a poll for you. And Jordan Bianucci, I'm going to throw it over to you to uh, read us the poll question of the day here. Well, right now I want to do uh, biggest disappointment of this year. I have the Eagles the Cowboys, and I was going to bring it up, who would be your third or even fourth choice there? We're talking NFL-specific, yeah, yeah, correct? Yeah, we could, we could go whatever, but I was thinking more NFL, yeah. NFL-specific, biggest disappointment of the year. I mean, the Dol- that's a disappointing end for the Dolphins, all things considered, though. Not a not a bad year for the Dolphins, but but we could put them in there. It was absolutely disappointing. I'm going to put the Dolphins in there because... They had the Bills at home in in Week 18. You just got to get a win, and you're hosting a playoff game, not against yeah. <laughs> the uh, the Chiefs. You're playing the Bills again at home, not an easy game. But uh, I'll throw the Dolphins in there. But I think I think it's between the Eagles and the Cowboys for the fourth choice. Am I allowed to nominate uh, a playoff game on Peacock for the fourth choice yeah, and we, biggest disappointment? Yeah, absolutely. We'll throw that in there. Uh, honorable mention would be Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. Oh, yeah. That that may take the cake. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe more than, an, than a... Uh... <laughs> All right, if we're talking specific, like, actual playoff contending teams, those, yeah, we have some solid uh, suggestions there. And I would vote, out of those, I would vote uh, playoff game on Peacock. As the biggest disappointment because nobody wanted to boycott that with me. Apparently, 24 million, 26 million people watched that thing on Sunday, Saturday, excuse me. That's wild. That is way too many people. And I hope that you all end up paying $123 for a $6 game that you decided to buy and you forget about it for a year (laughs) and they hit you with a renewal next year. You said it yesterday. No one's forgetting. They're all watching Ted. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you get your money's worth. And uh, they get you for all they can because you signed up <laughs> instead of watched it on TikTok like the rest of us. Some dude's TikTok live stream. Uh, getting back to some of the action last night, Tampa Bay ended up winning 32-9 to over the Philadelphia Eagles. And boy, oh boy, how the Philadelphia Eagles have fallen. What happened to the Eagles' defense. Let's talk a little bit about what the Buccaneers were able to do at home last night in the playoffs. Baker Mayfield, 22 of 36, 337 yards passing, three touchdowns, had a passer rating of 119 and a QBR of 42. For Baker Mayfield, that's pretty good. That's pretty darn good. At a 9.4 yards per play average... My goodness. Baker Mayfield, former number one pick, bounced around a little bit from the Browns, the Rams, a couple of different places that he's been, and he lands in Baker Mayfield and ended up getting a lot of money and incentive money as well. Won the NFC South, ended up uh, winning the playoff game last night, 
had a lot of money riding on the line with with so many different incentives in week 18 that he ended up getting there as well. And uh feels like a little bit of a revival for Baker Mayfield. We'll see what happens going forward in the future and what they can do. And now we've got some interesting matchups for uh, both the NFC and the AFC to go the rest of the way in the NFL playoffs. Also, uh, one thing that I wanted to mention, as a team, the Bucks. if I can uh, pull up the team stats here, the Bucks as a team, total yards, 426 yards against this Eagles defense. Just the, the whole Eagles defense has been so disappointing from what six seven weeks ago until now and and i don't i have no idea what the catalyst was for all of this but they have just gone downhill ever since and it has not gotten any better and it was amazing the downfall of the philadelphia eagles and how quick it all happened 23 first downs for the buccaneers last night no turnovers from either squad also, the Bucks dominated in possession. Now, okay, I wouldn't say dominated. 34 minutes, 25 minutes for the Eagles. It was a three, three-and-a-half-point line in favor of Philadelphia. And uh, last night ended up 32-9. to The Buccaneers just rolled over the Eagles. I don't know what to say about the NFC East right now. Because between the Cowboys and the Eagles... We've mentioned our poll of the day over on on the Twitter page of ESPN 960 Sports. Go and vote on that Twitter poll of the day for uh, the NFL Twitter poll of the day, which was the most disappointing this season. We got the Cowboys, the Eagles. You also have to say the Miami Dolphins, and then uh, my personal pick: the playoff game on Peacock was the most disappointing so far this season. Head on over there, vote, give us your feedback in that poll. Yesterday we threw one out there. Uh, <laughs> what was ours yesterday? They, they got some uh, backlash here for us. we got to get the, the results of that one as well. But we put the Dodgers up there. We put the Cowboys up there. Oh, yeah, the biggest playoff chokers. <laughs> yeah. The biggest playoff chokers. And we had some replies to that one. One of them was, hey, uh, the Dodgers won a World Series a couple of years ago. No, not a real World Series. And I'll remind everybody once again. We do not recognize that World Series here at Valley Sports Talk. It's definitely a 60-game season, short and nobody was in the stands, neutral field, neutral setting. It's not real baseball. Big asterisks <laughs> on it. And uh, here's a hot take for you that I threw out there yesterday as well. The Astros, the Astros World Series, when they were banging on trash cans, more of a real World Series than the Dodgers in 2020, the COVID season. And I want to let you all know, we can rewind the tapes here on the show. I am not in any way an Astros fan. I still hold it against them for what they did. And I still think none of those guys should be playing baseball at this point in time. We did have an interesting comment. Um, Somebody went with Harvey J. Scott said the Washington Huskies' biggest playoff disappointment. Harvey, they went to the national championship game. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure that they were too big of a disappointment. No. no. That that is an interesting take by my man. <laughs> um is if we're talking about on the field play here, which we are, definitely not the Washington Huskies. They actually overachieved. Nobody thought that they were gonna be where they were. And that's actually true. Instead of, you know, Ryan Day saying nobody thought we were gonna be the best team in college football, right? Yeah. And which they weren't, but after that Notre Dame game he really thought they were. And it was Ohio State versus the world. By the way, the this is I'm surprised by this. The Cowboys dominated this poll. Which was the biggest playoff choke? Who are the biggest playoff choke artists? Cowboys with almost ninety percent. The Dodgers at eight point six percent. Now, some of this may be some recency bias, yeah. but but holy cow. That that I bet if we re ran that poll after the Dodgers lose out of the World Series this upcoming season or lose out of the playoffs, probably don't even make the World Series, with Shohei Otani, with everybody they have, yeah, I, I think you rerun that poll, it's a lot closer. If not, probably 80-90% in favor of the Dodgers, just because they, it's fresh on the mind, right? And and we can try that. We can we could do a little uh, we could do a little human theory on this show, right? We could do a little experiment and see what ends up happening. I'm going to predict it. Dodgers are going to lose out of the playoffs early. Mark that on the uh, the show tapes here 
and and we'll uh, replay it when that happens coming up in October. Long way to go. Long way to go before that ends up happening, though. But uh, back to the task at hand here. Biggest disappointment for us this season. Cowboys, Eagles, Miami Dolphins, playoff game on Peacock. Head on over to ESPN 960 Sports on Twitter, and you can chime in on that debate as well. So we talked a little bit about the Buccaneers and the Eagles last night. Baker Mayfield pr- played pretty well. Uh, the full Bucks defense ended up playing pretty darn well. Also, Todd Bowles, who a lot of people said, hey, this guy's on the hot seat. Not sure, not so sure he's on the hot seat anymore. And we'll see what ends up happening with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going forward here and how well they do and how well they play moving forward. But uh, for one night in Tampa Bay, everything is all good. 32-9 to over the Eagles, and we'll see how well they end up doing moving forward in the playoffs here. On the other side of the NFL, the Bills and the Steelers ended up playing, and Josh Allen and the Bills get away with the win. 31-17 to over Pittsburgh. We didn't think this one was going to be too close. And before we move on here, I want to I tell you what we ended up picking before you know, so we don't go back to back and forth too often. For the Eagles and the Bucks, I want to go over our predictions that we uh, made yesterday. So I said uh, the Eagles were going to win thirty-five to twenty-eight. Of course, you know I, I'm not sure that there were too many people out there that picked the Bucks actually to win. Jordan, you decided to go twenty-one to seventeen. I believe you're in favor of the Eagles as well. No, no, no. I wanted the Bucks. You went with the Bucks. Yeah, twenty-one seventeen. All right, I definitely wrote that down wrong. 2117 bucks. There we go. We're going to give you the dub on that one. You took the under. So is the Eagles three, three and a half point line right there. The over under set at 43 and a half. And uh, so, yeah, I ended up not being too bad. Although, you know, I did choose the Eagles to win 35 28. I want to say who would have seen that coming, but also at the same time, you could kind of see that one coming last night. Because well, the Eagles just had played so terribly in the last half of the season. Yeah, I mean, lost six of their last seven games. Yeah. They had Big Dom out there back on the sideline last night, too, and that couldn't even get him going. <laughs> Not even that. Which, I'm surprised. I thought he was only at home games in Philadelphia. No, he provides security wherever the Eagles go. Okay. Lots of gobble cool. <laughs> oh, man. Here we go. <laughs> With the cuts. <laughs> I love the Italian music behind that one. Oh, yeah. I got. He's Italian. That's what Italians do. <laughs> That's not right. Come on. Come on. Uh, where's the Otani one? The Otani. Oh, it's it's in there. Otani. There we go. <laughs> Shohei Otani. <laughs> one of our finest Italian Americans. Yes, absolutely. All right. Moving on to the other playoff game that ended up happening yesterday. This one. Uh, I didn't get your thoughts on this. What What were your thoughts on them moving this football game? from Sunday morning to Monday afternoon. What, what were your thoughts here? I mean, as a, from a pure entertainment standpoint, I would have loved to see them play in that insane weather. I mean, the, the truth is the weather would have been so terrible that I don't even know if the cameras would have picked up much. With the, It was like a squall. They showed a video in that stadium during that storm. Um, but, uh, no, it was, I mean, it was a good decision safety wise and for people don't safety wise, no, people don't understand is I see a ton of comments on Twitter. Like they can't play in the snow. No, they didn't cancel it for the players. They canceled it because they didn't want, they, they put a travel ban (laughs) out there because they They didn't didn't want 70,000 people traveling the stadium. They did not want to, they did not want to, uh, use their police force and all of that for the stadium when other people may be dying, uh, throughout the city during that terrible storm. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I was really looking forward to a Monday afternoon playoff game, but I don't know. Didn't, didn't, maybe it was just cause it was a bad game, but I didn't, I didn't love it. I would have preferred a Sunday morning, uh, game, I think on, on, uh, to watch the other, the best, by the way, the best thing that came out of this was some doofus on Twitter was like, Oh, the NFL is so soft. They didn't cancel D-Day because of weather. And it was, the, yeah, everyone. No, they literally postponed D-Day because of the weather, actually. And uh, the the Twitter fact check. The uh, community uh, notes. Yes, yeah. yes. The community <laughs> notes said uh, readers added context. In fact, they did postpone 
D-Day. D-Day because of the weather. <laughs> and yeah, that's not a smart thing to be putting out there on the, that's why, you know, sometimes the internet is a good thing. Sometimes, you know, a lot of people having the opportunity to uh, <laughs> share their opinions, probably not the best, no, the best thing. We've, uh, listen, and we have a radio show. We know what it's like to amplify a moron's voice. Yes. We like do it every day. Share stupid opinions every <laughs> single morning. But, uh, yeah, Twitter was having a heyday with <laughs> with that. Yeah, Man, I was hoping for – it was cold, but I was hoping for a little snow at least. If it's going to be a bad game, you at least want to have some bad weather. Because that was pretty boring. Steelers made it a one-score game in the second half, but it it never felt in jeopardy. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. Now, uh, moving forward here, you've got the divisional round with Houston at Baltimore. That's going to be a 2.30 p.m. game on Saturday. Going to be on ESPN for you Saturday afternoon. Green Bay at San Francisco, not looking too bad. 6.15 p.m. on Fox for Saturday night. Then you've got two games on Sunday. Tampa Bay at Detroit, not going to be terrible. I think that's going to be a pretty good game. I, I, To be honest with you, I might be cheering for Detroit to go all the way to the Super Bowl here because that's a great story. Yeah, like, if, I, if I weren't a Niners fan, I, I'm all in. If the Niners are out, I'm all, I'm all in on Detroit, absolutely. Yeah, uh, Motor City Dan Campbell. <laughs> Love me some N- MCDC and the way that he's ran that uh, franchise in Detroit. That's a 1 p.m. kick on NBC on Sunday, Tampa Bay at Detroit. Then you've got Kansas City at Buffalo for the uh the essentially the nightcap it's a 4:30 kick on CBS but Kansas City at Buffalo feels like that's going to be your best playoff game coming up in the divisional round and once again going to be another cold weather uh situation there but both of those two teams Kansas City and Buffalo just played in cold weather game and so they'll they'll both be prepared for it heading into this one I am so excited for this game Patrick Mahomes has never had to go on the road. Yeah, that's so game. crazy. It's, this is like 12 straight playoff games, 15 because there was obviously three Super Bowls that he's played in, right? So it, three it, three neutral sites, 12 home playoff games. Yeah, and now he has to go to Buffalo where Buffalo Buffalo's played in in Kansas City twice, I believe, in the playoffs, Yeah, right? And they've lost twice. Right. So those fans, it's going to be insane. Absolutely insane. The NFL is thanking their lucky stars that this match, that Buffalo won yesterday. Because, <laughs> I, Bryce, there's 45 million people are going to watch this. This is going to be a crazy popular game. Like, you know, I've, I've got an idea. This one's on CBS. Hey, if they want to make some real money, <laughs> Paramount. That's right. You got to put it on Paramount. 45 million people are going to subscribe, $6 each. Throw in an episode Ooh. of Yellowstone during halftime. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're serious. You don't. Yeah, you're joking. But you think CBS wouldn't want to do that? Um, I know they'd want to yeah. do. Do you know the outcry, the outrage? Oh my gosh, they're gonna. They, we can get off topic a little bit. That's the problem with 23 million people watching on Peacock. Guess what, folks? That's you, the you've future. Opened Pandora's box. That's why I said we have to boycott it. Absolutely. Well, my, you know, my, I was, my, I was talking to my dad yesterday, and he, he goes, you know. When back before, like when cable TV was first coming out, he said, we said the same thing. They were like this. No, we're not going to buy cable TV because then they're going to move all the games to to cable. What have they done? The national championship game in college football is on ESPN. It's not on ABC. It's on ESPN. Yeah, that that's wrong to me. me. (laughs) Yeah, that is wrong. But uh, but yeah, see, I mean, just the, the NFL is such a behemoth, and and they now they get two star quarterbacks in a divisional playoff game on a Sunday afternoon. It's just it's wild. That one going to be four thirty p.m. on Sunday coming up right around the corner. Luckily, we'll be able to watch it on CBS. It won't be on Paramount yet. Yeah, but I think you're on to something with the pay per view issue. And if they go to pay per view at the NFL, oh boy, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I'll tell you this though. It would be, I think it would be a huge mistake because how did football become so popular? How did football overtake baseball as far as the most popular sport? Because it was so accessible. So accessible. You, there was, it's on literally on national television every week. You don't get, like, you have your regional games. Yeah. But, and, and there are other, there are other reasons, obviously. But one of the reasons was, yeah, it's on every week on everyone can watch it. 
Everyone. Yep. Like, my mom would watch a football game. My mom's not watching a football game if it's if she's having to pay to watch. She's not a football fan. She doesn't right. really care. So, I don't know. That seems really short-sighted by the NFL, but who knows? Yeah, we'll we'll find out what ends up uh, what ends up happening here. Hopefully, hopefully that reality is a little bit further off into the future. But uh, we're gonna find out probably sooner than we want to on what happens with the streaming services, with the way that NFL football decides to go with all of that as well. Uh, I mentioned Kansas City at Buffalo, four thirty p.m. on Sunday. Tampa Bay at Detroit, one p.m. on Sunday as well. Houston at Baltimore, two thirty on Saturday. And Green Bay at San Francisco, 6.15 on Saturday also. I do want to mention a little bit about that Green Bay-San Francisco matchup uh, that's coming up here on Saturday night. Uh, It's a Fox game. It feels like, yes, the San Francisco 49ers, really good football team, but it feels like, hey, Green Bay is playing some really good football, and we might have underestimated Green Bay a little bit. They are the youngest team in the NFL, the the least experienced the youngest team in the NFL, they're going to head up and uh, play on the road against San Francisco. But it feels like Jordan Love starting to find his own as well. That could be a little bit of a, da- a dangerous team. Are you a little bit worried with the uh, 49ers? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I would much. I was watching that Monday night game last night and going, God, I would much, if I'm the Niners, much rather be playing one of these two teams than the Packers. Uh, Packers, yeah, you mentioned youngest team, average age 25. Wow. Um, <laughs> Jordan Love has the highest QB rating, like the second half of the season. Yeah, he's playing. And I think his I think his QB rating in that playoff game um, against the Cowboys was the highest ever QBR in a playoff game in the NFL. <laughs> it's unbelievable. The freak- that that is just wacky. Yeah, just another great factoid for you Cowboy fans out there. Well, that's a Dan Quinn factoid. Yeah. All right, let me tell you about Dan Quinn here. The same guy that blew a twenty-eight to three lead in the, in the Super Bowl. The same guy. That has blown multiple, multiples after multiple leads as the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. That is a Dan Quinn stat right there when leading that Cowboys defense. And if anybody hires Dan Quinn to be a head coach, I will be shocked. Well, he's like the front runner for I Seattle. Know. I know. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, the pa- I am worried. I, I don't, I mean, listen. The Niners are head and shoulders above the Dallas Cowboys as a football team. They blew out the Cowboys yeah. earlier this year. So I'm still, I think the Niners will win the game. But uh, yeah, not not feeling as comfortable as I was two weeks ago about it. Packers are playing really, really well. Right. All right, we'll take a break here. Coming up on the other side, we're going to welcome in the head coach of the Utah Valley women's basketball team, Dan Nielsen, as he joins us to talk for another week of uh, the Dan Nielsen Coaches Show right here on the home of the Wolverines, ESPN 960 and Valley Sports Talk. So we'll take a break right here, come back with Dan on the other side. You're listening to Valley Sports Talk on ESPN 960. It's time to protect the den. Bryce Larson takes you inside the latest news and notes regarding Wolverine Athletics on ESPN 960 and online at ESPN960sports.com. Welcome back into Valley Sports Talk here on ESPN 960. I'm Bryce Larson. That's Jordan Bianucci behind the glass. We are going to get into a Protect the Den segment here on Valley Sports Talk. Brought to you by our friends at Bowtime Pub and Grub. Make sure you stop into Bowtime Pub and Grub this upcoming weekend. Catch some of those NFL playoff games. Grab some good food, some bottomless fries as well. Right across I-15 from Utah Valley University. And always our good friends over at Bout Time Pub and Grub. Let's talk some Utah Valley women's basketball here in this segment, as we always do every single Tuesday morning with the head coach of the Wolverines, Dan Nielsen, joins us. Dan, appreciate you hopping on. And I want to start off here. Tell us a little bit about uh, some of your English Premier League. I know we talked a little bit about it a couple weeks ago. How's the uh, EPL watching going for you? Have you had much time to uh, enjoy some soccer recently? Oh yeah, I, you know I I found that I actually spend more time watching that. I think it's more interesting because I don't know enough about it, so I can just be a dumb fan, you know. Um, watch it all the time. You know, my team's Tottenham, um, and yes, I watched them draw there uh, with with Man U last weekend, despite having five six of their their starting eleven out. So I was excited with that. You know, they're they're playing some good handball, so 
uh, yeah, always, always love some good uh, EPL action. I think my staff gets tired of me always talking about it. They have to pretend like they care, but I enjoy it. So, hey, hey there we go. Now uh, you've got a place to talk about it right here on Valley Sports Talk. Tottenham <laughs> five points off the the top of the table there, and uh, not too far behind Liverpool, Man City, Aston Villa, Arsenal as well. So they they're playing yeah, they're, pretty well. They're right there. They get James Madison back. Get you know Sonny back from. From international duty, a couple of the other guys, they'll they'll be in good shape. There we go. We'll we'll keep an eye on that, and we'll uh, check in with you and see how well it's going the rest of the way as well. Let's <laughs> let's sure. let's talk a little bit about that win over UTRGV. It was a a great win on Saturday, and the most impressive uh, performance that I've seen all season long from any one of your players, Tessa Cheney, a perfect six for six, eighteen points. That that was a really impressive game from her. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, hard to improve upon, uh, you know, 100% from the field. But uh, Tessa's put in a ton of work between last season and this season. And you've seen glimpses of it, you know, at times, uh, whether it be rebounding or scoring the ball. And felt like it really kind of came together for her. And, you know, our biggest thing with her is trying to get her to, she's super aggressive, which we love, but trying to be smart in certain situations so she doesn't get in that early foul trouble she tends to get into so she can stay on the court longer and, you know, thought, Thought for the most part she did a good job there, so she was able to be on the court in big moments. And really, if you look at our season when we've had success, she's you know it's kind of gone right along with her. Our our uh, Sam Houston win there right before Christmas, you know some big time rebounds, big rebound put back there right at the you know it's about fifty seconds left. And so you know we we uh, can if we can keep her out of foul trouble. I think she's a huge piece not just for this season, but you know the next couple of years. I think she'll be a big part of what we're trying to do. Not only that, 18 points, 11 rebounds. She had the double-double with 11 rebounds. She was really getting it done on the boards as well. Uh, just an impressive overall performance. A couple of other girls that were scoring for you, as always, uh, Kylie Mabry. And then Eliana Tafisi had 15 as well. And she kind of broke out in uh, that game against UTRGV also. Yeah, I th- you know, I think E's been doing a really good job trying to balance, you know, being a point guard, uh, pushing, you know, trying to push the ball more and trying to do that while still taking care of it. And, you know, we felt like the game before that against Arlington, she did a great job being aggressive, maybe maybe did a little too much in the paint and led to some turnovers. And I thought she managed it really well on Saturday where she was she was creating issues for, um, for the defense and creating for her teammates first. And once they started scoring, uh, they, they didn't help onto her as much. And she was able to hit some shots and get to the rim. And, and I thought just had a great balanced game. You know, I think she had – six rebounds and like five assists to go with 15 points. Just a great game for E on Saturday. We're talking with the head coach of the Utah Valley women's basketball team, Dan Nielsen, right here on Valley Sports Talk. Dan, I want to rewind back to the game on Thursday where he ended up losing 72-64 to UT Arlington. Um, I was on the call on this one on ESPN+, and one thing we brought up in the broadcast was a really interesting stat. In the second and third quarters, uh, your team's been just outscored, but you're outscoring teams by crazy margins in the first and fourth quarters as well. What do you what do you attribute to this interesting stat? I don't know exactly what the numbers were on it, but from the first quarter, second, third, fourth, how is it so different throughout the game? Yeah, well, I'm glad you don't have the numbers right in front of you because I did look at them yesterday. They're not pretty there, in this, especially the second quarter. Um you know, we we've tried to figure that out, and we've spent a lot of time on it. With you know, are we are are what we're doing as coaches? Are we changing things up too much? Are we playing the wrong people at those moments? And so I think you've seen it. You know, we were playing ten, eleven people pretty consistently, and now we're 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 trying to give people a little bit more time to settle into the game. So we were playing eight, nine people, um, trying that. Um, you know, and and just trying to see what are we doing energy wise, like when we. When we sub in the first quarter and it carries into the second, is it people that have been sitting for too long, um, and so they're a little cold, and we don't start the quarter off well? You know, kind of what what is it? Because you're right. You know, we tend to come out with good energy, compete right off the bat against everybody that we've played in the first quarter and fourth quarter. You know, one thing I do appreciate Thursday, we kept fighting even though we were down and cut it down to I think five or six at one point and, and have that energy. And so, you know, really we're we're just trying to find a way to be more consistent across the game and I think you know um, I did take more time out and, and maybe ran a few more sets instead of just um, letting us flow into stuff in the second quarter on Saturday and that was actually the quarter that we pulled away from RGB and so 
definitely something that's on our minds, you know, there the second quarter coming out of halftime, what we can do to, to better manage that. Cause I think you've seen when we, when we at least even keep it even in those quarters, we've, we've won games. And so definitely a, a point of concern that luckily Saturday went our way. Hopefully we can kind of keep ahead of that direction. Yeah, Talia White also had a great game for you on Thursday night. Uh, 14 points on uh, two of seven from beyond the arc. Six of nine from the free throw line. That's where re- uh, really she had a great game as well, just getting to the free throw line. Talk a little bit about uh, what Talia brings to this team and, and uh, what a team player she is. Yeah, we're, we're lucky to have Talia back. You know, we were she uh, it kind of re-injured her knee right after our first game of the season and we were worried we'd lost her again you know she's been a kid that's dealt with a lot of injuries during her career um felt really lucky she was able to get back there before christmas and i think she's starting to hit her stride she's just she's one of our smartest players and you hit it on the head she's an absolute team player doesn't care if she scores or not she just wants to do what we need to do to win and that's what kind of got her into the starting lineup there we felt like we did um you know play some smart basketball with her in there she's kind of like a coach on the court and so um, our her plus minus numbers throughout the year have been great, so you're you're seeing that. And I'm just really happy for her with all she's been through with her various injuries to start to see some success and really help us to to kind of get on track. So um, we need more games like that from her. There's no question. All right, let's look forward to the future here. Grand Canyon comes to town on Thursday at the UCCU Center. It's going to be a 6 p.m. tip off. Tell us a little bit about the Lopes as they come in for an interesting matchup in WAC play. Yeah, they come in, you know, they're playing really well um, right now, leading our conference and, and had a really nice preseason, uh, you know, credit to them. They've they got to sign quite a few transfers that have really helped them. Um, so definitely going to be a tough test. Um, and they're they're different this year. You know, in the past, uh, Coach Miller's teams have always been really high-intensity press, constant press, constant run and jump. You had to really be on your toes with that. And they'll, they'll still do some aspects. We've got to be ready for that. But they're a little bit bigger this year. They're running more plays, more sets, and so it's a little bit different preparation for them. Um, luckily, what they're running is a lot of what we've run in the past, and so um, I think our girls are familiar with it and feel like we can do some things to make them uncomfortable. So definitely will be a test on Thursday. So uh, any of you uh, Wolverine fans out there, 6 o'clock on Thursday, we need all the, all the help we can get head on out for that. Yeah, that one's going to be an exciting one. Once again, 6 p.m. Mountain Time on Thursday night. And then you're back on the road against uh, Utah Tech down in St. George as well. Another in-state opportunity, and it's going to be against a Utah Tech team that's actually playing some really good basketball right now. Yeah, they. You know, uh, we felt like when we played them at home, we kind of let that one get away from us. Um, felt like we we started off the game, like you said earlier, really well you know the first quarter i think we only gave up six points in that second quarter we let them get going um so we feel like there's some things we can do to to be more successful this time around i know our girls are excited to play them again um and you know hopefully kind of build on some momentum so always tough to play down there but like i've said on here many times i love the in-state games i think it's great for the state i think you tend to get more of the community involved and um, so definitely looking forward to that and one more thing for you before uh, we get you out of here. We, I've asked you a couple times throughout this season, but it seems like as the season goes long, goes along, the rotations get a little bit tighter, not as many players play. But it doesn't seem to be the case with this team so far this year. It seems like you have a lot of contributors that you like to bring in off of the bench. You're still seeing who is going to give you the best minutes as well. Talk a little bit about the rotation and how it's going to change, or if, if you feel like you have a solid rotation right now and you feel like these are the girls that are going to get in for you, you're still going to go 8, 9, 10 deep into, the, into your bench here. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no question. Obviously, we always talk to the team. We're looking for the people that are the most consistent, and you know, you're you're 100 right. This time of year, you do tend to need to kind of shorten things down, and so we've attempted to do that a little bit. We're playing a couple people less, you know, the last couple games to try and give people a deeper run into the game and, and let them maybe get comfortable. Um, but it's it's hard, you know, because when you do have depth and we have some quality players right now that uh, have helped us at times. And, uh, maybe aren't playing the minutes that, that they would like to, or maybe they could help us in moments. And so we're just, you know, trying to encourage them to be consistent daily in practice so that we kind of can know what to expect in games. But there's no question, you know, you see our depth uh, with, you know, Hallie Nelson last week going down with her ankle injury. And, and normally we'd be pretty nervous about that going into that RGB game, but we had some people step up. So 
Um, there's no question we're looking to tighten it up a little bit, but as long as people keep showing they can contribute and help, we'll have to have to give them a chance, and uh, hopefully that depth can help us in some moments where we can get some wins. So, And in today's day and age of college athletics, where players might be a little bit you know, a little bit less impatient when it comes to getting onto the court, waiting your turn, you know, trying to develop their game a little bit more. What's the message to your players that might not be getting the time that they want on the court? How do you keep all of your players happy with the transfer portal, with so many different options now in college basketball as well? What's the message to some of those players that you might have uh, on this team this year? Yeah, well, the one thing I've learned uh, during my time as a coach is no matter what you do, somebody's always going to be at least slightly unhappy. So, you, you first of all, you just got to do your best. But, no, it, you know, you're right. This day and age with the transfer portal and all the options that people have, um, you got to constantly be recruiting your players and kind of selling your, your message and your vision for the team and how they can help you to reach those goals um, and, and kind of selling the fact that over our time here, if you look at the players that have stuck around, they've really developed and improved a lot. Um, and had really good opportunities moving forward because of it, and just trying to get them to trust that process that we're going to develop them and they're going to be able to have success. And you know, I think you're starting to see it with with Tessa, who I know wanted to play last year, and this year she's she's really working her way up the ladder and starting to play really well. And can only imagine what she'll do the next couple of years. So it's really trying to get them to buy in, and, and it's having open communication with your players and having really honest conversations about what they can do better to earn more time and, you know, what you're looking at, maybe why they're not playing as much and trying to help them to see where you're at. And they, they may not like it, but I do feel like having those honest conversations helps them at least to kind of stay on board with you and, and until they get that next opportunity. So there's, it's not a perfect science, but I think it always comes down to just open, honest communication with them and um, let them know where they're at so that they can, they can continue to work to improve. So our whole staff is always working on that, trying to do our best at it. We're not perfect, but, um, we feel like we've got a close-knit group that uh, where everybody's kind of staying on board right now. Yeah, that's really an interesting aspect of college sports right now, and I feel like not a lot of people realize, you know, sometimes those conversations can be really tough uh, to to have with some of those players throughout the season as well. Hey, Coach, we appreciate your time. As always, good luck with the uh, upcoming games this week, and uh, thanks for always hopping on with us. Hey, appreciate it, Bryce, man. Have a good day. Absolutely. You as well. Utah Valley in action Thursday night at the UCCU Center, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, as they take on Grand Canyon at home. Then they'll be back out on the road to take on Utah Tech, a team that uh, got the better of them earlier on the season. So Utah Valley looking to get some revenge against the Trailblazers of Utah Tech as they go on the road 2 p.m. on Saturday down in St. George as well. Get out and support the Utah Valley women's basketball team coming up this Thursday night at 6 p.m. as they take on Grand Canyon. We'll take a break here, and we'll come back on the other side. You're going to hear a little bit from Kaimani Dowdy, a conversation that I had with him last night in the UVU Coaches Show, the Todd Phillips Coaches Show, on the men's side of things. So we'll continue with the Utah Valley basketball theme right here on Valley Sports Talk on ESPN 960.